Mindless Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Greetings and salutations, as always, from myself, Jane Lindley Thomas, and psychologist Paul Bushell. And here we find ourselves in what was meant to be a day or two out of our extended lockdown, right? We're meant to be living in the free world. (laughs) I think we were supposed to be recording this podcast in studio again, and yet here we find ourselves making the most of this wonderful technology and recording a podcast remotely again. I find it quite unbelievable that I'm sitting on my bed at home, looking out into the trees, talking to you and talking to you and to you and to you and to you and connected we are. Yeah. So I think there's so many wonderful lessons to take out of this experience. I know last week we spoke about how frustrating learning technology can be. (laughs) And I know schools go back this week, how frustrating learning how to teach your kids via the medium of technology can be. But at the same time, what a gift that you and I get to be in the same room and carry on with this wonderful conversation because of technology. Well, over the last weekend, my family and I with three dogs camped in our garden for three nights. And If you had told me a few months ago that I would be able to experience a virtual festival, a virtual music festival with my family and have the same moments of connectedness and unity and experience, I probably would have laughed. How on earth would you be able to feel music and feel part of a greater collective while sitting in a tent in my garden? And before you knew it, it was happening. I was in the same experience with people in California in Vietnam, in Westville, in Johannesburg, in Durban, in the Berg. We were together. It was the most surreal experience because I never thought that even something like music is special and as we all own a part of it, would we be able to transcend barriers of being isolated but yet connected? Well, I know something that you and I have spoken a lot about, Jane, is how technology is wonderful in so many ways to connect people. At the same time, it sometimes creates a false sense of connection. It kind of bypasses some of the the yucky stuff of true vulnerability and allows us to feel kind of connected, but, but not quite there. So I think one of our challenges moving into the future is learning how to use technology in a way that allows us to experience full connection. So what you're describing there, that's kingpin. That's what we really, really want. We've got to just find ways to maybe choose the right technology or choose the right way of using technology to get the fullness of that experience versus I know sometimes the way technology has been used in the past when we post or we bully or we say things that hasn't been a good way of, of achieving that full connection. So I don't necessarily have all the answers for that yet, but it's something for all of us to keep in mind as an intention moving forward. How can we take the use of technology to its full capacity, to its full ability to create true connection post-COVID-19 into the new world? I mean, we've often spoken about how social media has obviously its good and its bad points, but I've got to be honest that in the heart of a pandemic, 
I'm just saying social media and connection and bandwidth and Zooming and house parties and watch parties and Loom and you name it. Just being such an incredible way of virtually playing general knowledge games with friends all across the world, having two-hour extended conversations with family overseas. It just seems like we're living in this space. I did a, a workout with my sister who's in Cape Town. She's a fitness instructor. She was in Cape Town. I was in Durban. Never in my wildest dreams would I have propped my cell phone up on something on a counter and done an hour's workout with my sister in Cape Town ever. Well, I think, you know, as we try and understand the question I posed earlier, as you're talking, and I suppose I'm just talking out loud here, it almost feels like we've got to be prepared to be more vulnerable in the way that we use these medias. So that means putting yourself out more, making the call to that person. And when you're in that video call with that person, say what's on your heart, do something silly, do the workout, extend yourself. So it doesn't have to be this facade of something. When we're making use of that technology, maybe in the past, we've often tried to use social media to portray good things or perfection or ideal versions of something. But maybe what we, we're experiencing here is that it's really cool and wonderful when we're using this technology, arrive in your funny outfit, arrive with your bad hair, arrive with your true self and just put it out there, be vulnerable. Because in that moment, we're making that true connection. I honestly feel that this experience has changed me forever. I feel like I will come off the other side of this a better mother, a better wife, a better daughter, a better sister, a better me. Yeah. What do you think some of your highlights, for want of a better word? What do you think are some of your real takeaways are from this? I think really reveling in the small things. Again, I think we've often been led to believe that we have to seek for these huge moments of grandeur. It has to be the you know, the picture on the Mauritian beach holding the cocktail, as opposed to it just being a snorting, laughing, wheezing, joke-telling session with three children, like ridiculous jokes, like ridiculous jokes. <laughs> but that, that kind of stuff, it's, it's like I've always wanted to play in the small space space of being buoyant on small experiences that take up a big space, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. And I feel like living day in and day out with the same people, you don't get the distraction of being able to run away and have dinner at a restaurant or go and have a play date or mom and dad go out for dinner, which obviously has its ups and its downsides. But for the most side, we really are learning to resolve conflict in a way that is very upfront. So a lot of takeaways, small things and big spaces, which become big things. Big things like emotions and resolving them in small spaces, really being able to differentiate between the want and the need and realizing that we will always have what we need and wants are different to that. There's, there's so much. I mean, every day comes with a whole smattering of lessons. I think a really valuable thing for all of us to do in this precious pause that we're experiencing at the moment is to write some of that stuff down. So I think what you're saying there is golden. It is so valuable. So I'd encourage you to write it down, to put it down on a piece of paper so that when we move into the new world, we can take some of this stuff with us. I was reading an article over the weekend about how we can anticipate that when when the lockdown ends, 
that there's going to be so much temptation and so much pressure from different media, from different influences to kind of go back to the way things were, go back to normal because that'll make you feel better. And I worry that some of these wonderful lessons that we're learning through this will kind of fall wayside because we will want the certainty of that old normal again. And some of that stuff is magic and, we, and I can't wait to return to it. But some of these lessons, I think it's important to concretize them, put them down on a piece of paper. And when you are presented with a wonderful opportunity to just slip back into the real world, be very picky about how we go through that transition. What do you want to take with you from this experience? I can't agree with you more. I mean, I love it. And, you know, part of my children's kind of work, and don't even get me started on that. We're not going to talk about homeschooling today. (laughs) But some of the stuff that we've been doing as well is a COVID-19 diary. And what's so interesting for me is to watch three different children experience answering questions. Interestingly enough, or like so heartwarming for me was, the question was posed, how do you feel? And all three of them working at different times, independently of each other, were happy. Yeah. And then when asked, what do you miss about the world before this? It's things like walking on the beach, going for a ride on my back, going out for an ice cream. Now, those are things that we remember our parents talking about, the way things used to be. They're not saying they want to go and watch the latest movie in 3D. They're not saying that they are craving materialistic possessions. They are seeking human connection like we used to do in the old days. Yeah. I think one of my biggest takeaways from this, and I, and I know, of course, I'm, I'm biased as a psychologist, is how important the human stuff really is. How much that matters, both in terms of that's what we're seeking. We just want those wonderful, warm moments of connection and expressing ourselves and being heard and how fragile that can sometimes be as well on the flip side of of how important some of the dark stuff has been through this and, and how for some of us we've been unprepared and we haven't had the right support structures in place and how as businesses and maybe schools and as communities we haven't allocated enough resources to preparing people or being there for people through the flip side of that humanness you know, watching the news uh, and listening to America talk about how much they spend every year on their military budget and how all this time they should have been spending all their money on health and mental health and preparing people for this kind of situation. And I really hope that as we go into whatever comes post lockdown, whatever you want to call it, the new world, that we hold on to that learning, that it's the, it's the human stuff that really matters, both when it shines and also when it struggles. Well, day 19 was such a struggle for me. I mean, I've woken up every single day and been fueled by all the good stuff. The open space is opportunity and resilience and positivity and spend most of my days loving and uplifting communities, people, whoever it may be. That's my love language. And I woke up on day 19. You know when you're lying in bed and as you turn over, you feel like, oh, I think I just pulled something in my back. That's how I felt. And by the time I was standing up, I realized like my whole left hand shoulder had seized. And then it's like tripping over the dog and dropping the milk jug. And, you know, every, it's like physically just like bumping into things. Yeah. And with that came this onslaught of emotional, just kind of surrender, like crying in the bathroom, 
finding my hands clenched and we've spoken about these emotions but really like not being in control of them and how they just whitewashed my whole day in fact i thought it was one day and the whole family were like no mom that was yesterday i had lost a day yeah. completely lost a day i had lost my sense of humor i'd lost my rag i'd lost my spark all of a sudden i just was like i don't want to do this anymore like i don't feel equipped i just had no spark i had no zest i had no i had nothing you know when you're sitting at lunchtime and you're just like i just want to go to bed sure and i think my first response to that is you're allowed to have that moment you are absolutely allowed to have that emotion uh, given what we're experiencing at the moment but even in life outside of this there's some days and there's some situations where feelings of overwhelm feelings of frustration feelings of tiredness are 100% the normal okay feeling to have in that situation and the best thing that you could do for you in that moment rather than fighting it or judging yourself for it is to kind of acknowledge it this is what i feel in this moment because of this because this is happening to me because when we grow that relationship with our feelings where we can identify them and label them and make space for them we become valuable to ourselves because we can then become part of of the processing we can become part of the the solution to them and that sometimes doesn't mean rushing them either it doesn't mean sweeping them under the carpet and kind of being like i need to get over this sometimes that means kind of indulging them a little bit you know what i'm going to go to the bottom of the garden or i'm going to put it out there that i'm a little bit itchy scratchy today i'm not having a good day uh, and i need a bit of space and i'm and i'm working through it and it kind of takes me back to the beginning of this conversation that maybe we've used technology in the past when we're presenting that kind of facade of everything's got to be okay and where's mm. not everything has to be okay all the time sometimes it's about picking up the phone like you and I did on that shared day where we both i think felt quite similar and we put it out there uh, we both just spoke about it and i think that that for me was a wonderful catharsis to it. I didn't have to pretend or lie or hide or run away from it. And afterwards I felt much better. Well, I mean, I know and I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but the thing that fed into my anxiety on that particular day was trying to run three children at three different schools at three different levels, home schooling uh routines and I just the fear crept in. I didn't feel like I was up for the challenge. and then i thought i was getting them down and then all the whatsapps come up and they start to come through of hey this is what my kids doing and i'm like oh my gosh i don't even know what that worksheet's about i don't even know if i have that worksheet and then the next mom's like hey look at my son's doing and i'm like oh my gosh i don't think i have that either and before you know it you've lost 3 hours because you are being a grumpy mom who is like barking at her children to try and do things just because i want the best for them i don't want them to feel like they're falling behind and all this hope and expectation for the best of them it actually just crippled me and actually just knocked the wind out of my lungs sure and it's a really tough situation that you're wading through at the moment uh, and and i know that doesn't sound like a solution but i i want to acknowledge it for you i want to give that feeling relevance in this moment because it is relevant that that is a really tough situation to find yourself in and to have the feeling of overwhelm makes sense I think that the next part of what I want to say in response to that is manage your thoughts around that because it's easy for those thoughts to run away into that judgmental critical space which only makes feeds the overwhelm and makes it worse 
whereas it might be more useful to say in those moments that actually I'm not the same as other parents. My kids are not the same as other kids. And we're just trying our best here. And that is the best that we can do. I might get into trouble for, for saying this from a lot of schools, but I also can't help but feel on the topic of homeschooling at the moment, as much as the curriculum is important and we don't want kids to fall behind, we've been presented with an amazing opportunity to do what you and I so often speak about, Jane, when speaking about parenting. We've been given the opportunity to get to know our kids and to be with them and to share bits of ourselves with them. And if that means not getting through all the homework today, because we also had to take some time to go and do something fun, happy, laugh, beneficial in other ways. Well, I think that that's just fine. Yeah. I did find what helped was writing a schedule up, but a schedule for Mike, a schedule for me and a schedule for the kids. So when I was working with one kid, Mike was working at work. And then when Mike was reading with the other kids, I was working at work. And all of a sudden I found like, oh, okay, we can actually all have space here. We can all have space. And the days have been so much better since. I also think it's worth noting for the parent that's trying to trudge through all of the academics, there is going to be that point where we return back to dropping your precious human being off just after seven o'clock in the morning and only seeing them that afternoon. And I can't help but think that that is only going to bring with it a whole wave of anxiety and, and separation anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, that's a wonderful conversation to be having probably next week or the week after about how are we all going to manage, whether it's as parents, as kids, as going back to work even. Like how are we going to manage some of the, the psychological stuff that comes with that? Well, we'll be here every step of the way to hold your hand. We'll do it together. Together we are. Together we are. Absolutely. Yeah, if you'd like to connect with Jane and I uh, on social media, you can find us at Kindness Can. Jane and I have also put together some really, really cool support content for schools and corporates. And if you'd like to find out more about that, you can drop us an email at info at kindnesscan.co.za. Oh, I love Treasure and Adore You and we'll chat so soon. Yeah, chat soon. Take care. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.